You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenau Keke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed as you listen. Amen. Okay, this morning is the first Sunday we are having after the resurrection. And um, I know quite a few of us were not here over the uh, midweek service. And um, we touched on a few things. I'd like to encourage us, please. I know for some of us, because of our work and different um, very cogent reasons, you may not be here for the midweek service. I'd like to encourage you, if it is possible, to follow us online you know um, on facebook facebook live or you listen to the message on soundcloud alternatively you can buy the cds and you know keep yourself abreast because several times when we come you know i feel for those who were not in the meeting on wednesday because it should be a build up praise god so it's important to do that so that we are always on the same page and um, the pastor does not have to keep going back praise the lord anyway one of the things we learned on wednesday which i believe is important for each and every one of us is that the resurrection the death and resurrection of our lord jesus christ was one event it was one true event and um it's i believe everyone who is seated there and many more who don't even go to church at all believe that jesus christ died and rose again praise god However, we saw when we looked at John chapter 20 from verse 1 to 18 that even for the people who were there at the tomb, there were different levels of revelation of what happened. You know, we, we, we saw that when Mary came initially, she saw that the stone had been rolled away, which was true. But that was all she saw. By the time uh, John came, John saw that not only that the stone was rolled away, John saw what? The linen cloths lying inside the tomb. And then when Peter came himself and went inside, the Bible says Peter saw that there were linen cloths and the napkin folded neatly. The same sight, the same environment, praise God. But as the, as the effort, as the hunger of the people changed, what they saw began to change as well. Praise the Lord. And then finally, we saw that Mary herself, after the Bible says Peter and John had come back to their own homes, Mary remained at the tomb. Now, if you've been to a cemetery, you know what it is. It's not a place that you want to tarry. It's not a place that you want to just spend time. But there was a hunger inside of Mary, and she stayed there weeping. And when she saw the angel, she said, I am looking for my Lord. And the Bible records that sooner than later, what happened? Jesus stood by her side and gave her audience. What does it mean? It means that I can go deeper. Tell yourself you can go deeper. What your Christianity was before this Easter celebration is not the best. If you push deeper, you will see more. 
praise God the apostle Paul says this grace was given to me and what did I do with the grace he says I labored more and we can see the testimony of his labor so I want to charge us brothers and sisters in Christ that Christianity has depths it has dimensions when we did I think it was geography when we did the study of the earth there are layers of the earth there's a surface as you go deeper you see different things praise God the same thing it is in our spiritual world you can actually see more you can know more you can experience more you can be more and may the Lord help us as we do so in Jesus name in Jesus name so so this morning incidentally is Thanksgiving so we, we have to put you know quite a few things together and if you come with me to Matthew 27 22 we start from there we find a question that was asked by Pilate which we want to use as a foundation this morning Pilate was the governor the Roman governor you know over the Jews at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and after he had examined the facts of the case that was brought against Jesus he looked at everything he knew that they really didn't have anything against him because he had the Bible tells us he had done what all things well so there was really nothing even those who were trying to lie against him could not even sufficiently lie okay anyway long and short was even the wife told him this man is a just man don't touch him everything when he didn't know what to do he presented a terrible case scenario to them which was impossible for you people not to allow jesus go he presented barabbas barabbas was someone that led all kinds of rebellions and murderer all of that and he said to them okay this is barabbas this is jesus choose one out of them that i'll release to you he thought at that time it was so easy they would choose jesus because i mean jesus was everything good barabbas was nothing compared but surprisingly the bible says verse 21 they answered and said they wanted who barabbas to be released to them now that made pilate ask a question verse 22 and the bible says pilate said to them what then shall i do with jesus who is called christ and this question pilate asked them i want us to begin to ask ourselves this morning because the facts and the truth of the resurrection has taken place so we know we know that jesus christ has died and he did die for you and i praise god we also know that god has raised him from the dead now pilate asked them what do we do with jesus and they said let us do what crucify him praise god we thank god they made that mistake or whatever it was we may call it whether it was a good thing or a bad thing but we are hearing now that his death was not for himself it was for you and i praise god and then when he rose he also rose for you and i however presented to us also today this morning this hour is the same question what do i do with the news that jesus died for me what do i do with the news that jesus rose from the dead for me what do i do with it you see you, like we saw the case of barabbas and jesus it, it appeared a no-brainer i mean everybody should know that you know jesus should be set free and Barabbas should be kept but we saw how men chose that Barabbas should be free and Jesus crucified praise God so the same way I do not want us to take for granted that we know Jesus died for us and that we know he was raised from the dead for us 
the question we should ask is what are we doing with that truth what are we doing with that fact what are we doing with that understanding of that event in history praise god somebody sang a song many years ago he says now that we have found love he says what what are we gonna do with it now we know about the resurrection what do we do with it praise god easter is like a rebirth an opportunity for rebirth recalibration for the believer what has changed from sunday which we celebrated resurrection morning to this week throughout the week what has been what has been birthed anew in you and i as believers because if not then we might be committing the same error that these jews committed it was jesus this same jesus the son of god the ones that even the demons could not stand before they trembled they fell before him but this man looked at him and said crucify him give us barabbas it was a judgment and part of the things we learned on wednesday is that the critical things about your faith and the christian faith are not what you can scientifically accord values to they are individual judgments so five men can look at the same scenario and come out with five different judgments that's why in the cases where you have judges or juries presiding over a matter they see they hear the same witnesses they hear the same um, testimonies they are presented with the same facts the five of them will also come out with what different judgments you know why because inside of you is the power to make your own judgment what are you judging jesus for what are you saying of him and this morning i trust that you're coming with thanksgiving am i right i trust that you're coming with gratitude and i trust that there is gratefulness in your heart for what he has done for you and what he has done for me praise the lord somebody so we have that background and we're saying we are grateful that he came praise god we are grateful that he died we are grateful that god raised him from the dead and we now go further from there and, and we say we must offer him thanks now these thanks we're going to offer to him is also going to vary now one of the things that influences thanksgiving for anything you know in particular it doesn't matter what it is is first of all the heart of the receiver i'm sure you know that let me help you you know the bible makes a statement somewhere which you know i saw in a different light where the bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked okay that wickedness is not intentional the, the actual root of that word is that the heart of man is desperately sick praise god so it means you, you can't even trust your heart praise god you can't trust your heart now you know going back to the crucifixion and the jews and the the scribes and the pharisees did you think they were in doubt as to the anointing jesus carried it was not in doubt did you think they didn't know he was a good man it was not a problem did you think they couldn't see all the good things he was doing didn't they know that he had no lie in them no darkness in him they knew all of that didn't they know that lazarus was raised they knew all of that but you know what they had a problem of pride inside of them because if jesus had come and aligned with their school and had surrendered to their you know system they would have been the ones that would celebrate him but you see he was coming and was a threat to what they had been enjoying even though they knew that this was the real deal but because the heart is sick sometimes the heart refuses what he knows is good for it to choose what is bad for it praise the lord 
as a student, I realized that we had more medical doctors who were drunks and someone who smokes a lot. What do they call them? Chimneys. Chain smokers. Let's use chimneys. You see, we had more medical. They knew better. You understand? They are the ones that should be telling us. But somehow, they were the ones that, you know, you see that you can't on the surface. So the heart is critical. And that's why the Bible tells us, if you put Romans 121 for us, please, on the screen. And after that, 2 Timothy 3.2. Romans 121 says something there. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were what? Nor were thankful. Nor were thankful. Are you seeing something that is happening? Thankfulness is a matter of faith. It's a matter of believing in God. Okay, so something happens for you. Something doesn't happen for you. The way you respond is not so much as what is in your environment as what the thing that happened met in your heart. Praise the Lord, somebody. And what we see here is the Holy Spirit giving us the root of the rebellion of mankind against God. It says they knew God, but you see, they don't want to accept God is there. You know why? If you accept God is there, then it follows that you should obey him. That's why they are atheists. That's why people are saying is, you know, mother earth and father son and, you know, all of that, you know, because they don't want anything that will give them rules. Listen, our problems with rules didn't stop when we left secondary school. Praise God. How many have issues with rules in secondary school? When they say fly your shirt, that's when you desire to tuck it in. When you're a junior student and you're wearing shorts, that's when you want to wear trousers. Then when they say you, can, you should not wear trousers, that's when you want to wear shorts. Praise God. Why? Because the father of rebellion had birthed his seed in us. So it became natural for man to rebel against any and every authority. I was telling my daughter the other day, somehow the food that is prepared for us and the refectory that we are supposed to eat the food, food was no longer sweet in the refectory. How many smugglers are here? People perfected the act of taking food out of where it should be eaten to take it to where it shouldn't be eaten. And you see, all of that is just rebellion. Now, all that didn't stop when you were in secondary school. As you grow, it's still there. It takes a breaking down of the old man. So the world, mankind, the system of the world cannot acknowledge God. Because if they do, if they say thank you, then it implies that you should now ask, what shall I do with this gift? Praise God. We are learning still worship in Sunday school and we are learning a, a lot of this. Now let's look at 2 Timothy 3. Two. Let's see the way this puts it now. This is talking about the last days. I want us to see how fundamental this issue of the heart is. It says, but know this that in the last days, what? perilous times will come what will happen men will become lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents and what unthank can you see that unthankful even ranks before unholy say lord give me a grateful heart unthankfulness comes before unholy now for those who are on wednesday i said i won't be telling people it's my village people i think it's your village people also but you might have had people that no matter the gift you gave them, they were not really thankful. You were a problem. You gave them much, then they wish, why didn't you give it to me before? Then you give them little, they say, that's it. Very wicked man, look at how much you have. You see, unthankfulness is a condition of the heart. Now, what that does is this. It denies you of the privilege of enjoying what has been given to you. 
it blocks it out so today we are learning that we from our hearts in spite of what is happening have a grateful heart praise the lord have a thankful heart you see life is very interesting and life you know is short on this side that's why we are preparing for eternity where it's forever but if you're not careful if you have not mastered this heart of gratitude you will never be a happy person you'll never be a joyful person let me tell you something everything you're desiring today okay if you get it and you still haven't settled this in your heart tomorrow next tomorrow you will still be sad you'll still feel frustrated you know why today you're living in something you desired yesterday and that you have promised god that if only i can get this i will never worry again is there any person here let me break it down i'll give you a simple illustration how many of us here have been really sick you see when you're sick when you're sick what do you want are you thinking of the property my time I had an experience. I used to like cars. Apparently, I don't even like cars again. I mean, it doesn't move me. But I had an experience that many years ago, I bought um, a Lexus, you know, Lexus car. Okay? By the time they delivered the car to my house, I was sick. You know, the news that they have brought the car didn't move me. I didn't come downstairs. Now, that is there. That is Wahala. Because if it had been before, from the night before the car comes, I'll probably go to airport road and be waiting. Do you understand what I'm saying? But by the time the car was delivered, the body needed healing. The body that will drive the car needed healing that I didn't want to hear. It was no news to me. The only news I needed to hear was what? That this fever or this infirmity had been taken away. Now somebody is now healed and he forgets that he's walking in health. It's the same thing I say about, you know, a lot of desires that we have. You know, somebody is living in a three-bedroom now. And he's restless because he doesn't live in a duplex. You see, that three-bedroom, where you born with it? Praise God. You see, this state of unthankfulness, it can take you to any level. Now, for some, for those of us that are not married, all you can wait, you see, you're just looking for that day when you get married. But ask some people who are married every day they're saying this man maybe god should take him so i'll be free you see it never ends praise god it never ends it never ends some of us wanted to be able to drink coke now we are praying that we are not able to drink coke you see that is life so you must deal with the issue of the heart because the heart is like a container that receives everything that comes to you if it is poisoned even the best gift will become poisoned praise the lord somebody Okay, so the second one that influences our thanksgiving is our understanding of our need. I put it here, the situation of the receiver. You see, you give somebody something that is very precious, but he doesn't know he needs it. What do you think he'll do? Anyway, okay, thank you. And if you have grown in life, if you have matured in life, over time, you know what you find out? You find out that some things people gave you, like I'm realizing now, I have things in my house that you know someone gives me and i just keep it somewhere and then about six years later you find that same thing and see how essential it is to your being then you see what has happened now is that you have grown into the knowledge of your need but whereas when the person gave it to you you just say thank you you know and just received it something happened in our house we're doing some you know renovations and one of the things nobody i'm sure nobody here likes to receive picture frames and glass tumblers as gifts at the time people started putting notice in my wedding don't bring me another six set glass because people were almost shifting around they give them for wedding they have about 12 
that waits in every of their friends at his wedding. They take one and chance. <laughs> so people started writing lists. And on those lists, you never see a set of tumblers or glasses. Anyway, so people are giving us picture frames over time. When they give it to us, we just throw it under the staircase. Just throw it away. What's this? Throw it. Just keep. Recently, we are renovating and you know, arranging things. And we brought out this picture frame. And saw that this was what we needed to arrange all our pictures scattered everywhere and decorate the house. Now, at the time they gave it to us, because we didn't see the need, what happened? We couldn't say thank you the way it ought to be. Now, what am I saying is this, child of God, if you knew really what you needed, your level of gratitude will be more. You'll be more thankful. You'll be more thankful. I'm telling you. And the problem is that you can't really know all you need. You know why? You live in the moment. You don't know tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow. You only know now. You only know now. Okay? So we also do not appreciate as much because we don't discern our need. And that's why coming to the table of communion, it says let us discern our need. Don't just come to the communion. Don't don't even just come to church. Solomon made it clear. He said when your people, when they are in a war and the enemies are, you know, attacking them, if they come into this house, and call on you. What did he say? He said, hear them. He said, if they've even sinned and they come to this house and ask for forgiveness, what do you do? It's an appreciation of the house of God. I want to come into church this morning. What did you come to do even? Did you know you needed to come here? Even if it's to offer your praise, did you know it would be nice? It says, how good and pleasant it is for what? Brethren to dwell together in unity. It says, like the oil, the anointing upon Aaron. You see, you appreciate what you have and you appreciate what is there for. What that does that it brings gratitude. Many times, you know, a few times where I'm not ministering and I start, when you see some people coming to church, you know those who value it. And those who are coming to mark places. Some people, when they get out of their car, you see the way they are walking. You see, they can't wait. They are like the psalmist David. said, I was glad, what, when they said to me, let us go into the house. Some people, when they are coming, they say, another Sunday has come. Now, they don't know what they need. Praise the Lord. The psalmist, the king himself says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. The tents he was talking about there was his palace. You know, the places where normal things happen. He said, no, the house of God is more precious. Now, the third one that influences it is the knowledge of the gift. Okay? What was given to you? Okay? So, somebody comes now, like we mentioned on on Wednesday as well. Do you know if someone gave you a, a piece of raw diamond, you will go and pray. Have they given you gifts that you were praying over. Okay, you don't have mountain of fire background. I, I, they, they give you a gift and you look at it this way, look at it this way. What meanest thou by this? You keep that and you start walking around it, binding and casting. If they gave you raw diamond or raw gold now, you know you won't value it. Because it's not going to be shining. It won't be reflecting. It will be some dull stone. Praise God. It will be some dull stone. You won't know the value. Many years ago, somebody gave Mommy Che a gift, a beautiful set of gold. Now, because this gold was not the color of our normal gold, Mommy Che was waiting to find who to give it to. I'm telling very expensive. You know, just sponge. And maybe because it was much, she didn't think it could be gold. And then the color as well. So she just kept it somewhere, planning to, you know, maybe give it to some other person, maybe Mary or someone, you know, you know, in the house, just 
I can't remember what happened. So she took it to the goldsmith. And when they checked it, it was gold of highest value. It was gold of highest value. Now, she didn't know the value. I bet the way she said thank you to the giver would have been different if she knew all the while that it was what? It was gold. People of God, that is why the Apostle Paul began to pray. Ephesians, let's go now. Ephesians, we're entering the sermon. Ephesians 1.17. Where Apostle Paul was praying. It says, from when I heard of your faith, when I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, what did I begin to do? Let's see if we can start from 15. Thank you. It says, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. 16. 17 years that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give to you what the spirit of wisdom and what revelation in what in the knowledge of him that word him is jesus christ the gift that was given to you i want you to lift up your hands say lord give me revelation of yourself help me to know who you are and why you've been given to me in the name of Jesus. It says, I do. Why will Paul be praying this prayer? Because you can have Jesus and like Pilate. You say, what do, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do with him? Um, I don't feel good today. Jesus, wait in the house. I'm going on my own. You know, or maybe a bit. No. The, the Apostle Paul says, these people need to know. And it's from there that if you now begin to go down verse 19. He begins to talk about the exceeding greatness of his power which is available to us through this jesus you see you and i must desire you and i must come into an appreciation what did god do for me at calvary you see oftentimes you read the scriptures and the apostles and you know all the writers of scripture you see the way they refer to the cross the cross the cross the cross now what has happened is that traditionally we have taught the value of the cross to be the symbol of the cross so a few of us here might be wearing necklaces a few of us might have places in our house and unfortunately we don't have a cross here but it's not talking about a t sign when the apostle paul talks about the cross when they say we want nothing but the cross, when we say all the glory to the... It's not talking about the T sign. It's talking about the event. All that went on there. Praise the Lord. It's talking about the investment. The power that was demonstrated. What was re released. The reconciliation that took place. And what did all, all of that bring to us? It was our salvation. And you know what, people of God? Without salvation, we are nothing. Praise God. If Jesus didn't go to the cross... You and I, our lives might as well, butterflies will be better than us because butterflies, if they died without salvation, they don't go to hell. Are you getting it? The animals will be better than us. The wise man Solomon was talking about the life of animals. They don't know what happens. They lie down and life ends. It's not the same for us. Once we have been born into this world, there's a responsibility for you and I to choose which way to go. Now, had it not been for the cross, no matter how we chose, we would still be accepted. Because man was born into a world of enmity towards God. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is what? It was only at the cross that that gift was paid for. Now, let me make a point here. That something is a gift does not mean it wasn't paid for. Because we, we have this mindset, especially those of us in Nigeria. You know, government things are not paid for. Oh, yes. I mean, when they say, oh, boy, where is this guy from? He said, government. I said, ah, let's go to Kutuwenji. That's less flog it anyhow. 
when you move into a house and they say it's government house, nobody repair. You just run it down because we imagine that everything that belongs to government, you know, is nobody's money. It's the same way we think about gifts. And unfortunately, some children think the same way about their parents' money. Ah, it's my daddy's money. Even your employers. Your employer's money is your money as well. Because if you look at it that way, you begin to be a better steward of that opportunity. Praise God. So it's a gift, but it had to be paid for. When was the gift of salvation bought for you and I? It was when Jesus died on the cross. It was when he rose again. So salvation came, and what was salvation about? Titus 2. Titus 2 from 11 to 14, but let's, because of time, let's just look at 14 only. Titus 2, 14. It talks about what Jesus did. It says, he gave himself for me. I want you to read it that way. He gave himself for, for me, that he might redeem me from what? And purify me, his own zealous for this is what happened at the cross. Now, when you look at this statement, now you're going to see some things there. You're going to see things that have taken place, and then you're going to see intent. Praise the Lord. He gave himself for me. Is he yet to give? He's already given. What did he want to do by that? That he might do what? Redeem me from every lawless deed. That is what he wants to achieve. Are you with me? And do what again? Purify me for himself. We are going to see a few things there now. The first part of it talks about dealing with sin and the power of sin. And the nature, this old nature, this rebellious nature. So when Jesus died on the cross and I accept his death, then I become, by virtue of that, crucified with him. And what it means is that the power of sin over my life has what? Been crucified. The Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things are passed away. Now, with that death, I'm redeemed from every lawless death. It means now, you know, a, a man put it this way. I hope I remember how he put it. He said, he being a believer can sin all he wants and still be a Christian. The only problem is that he being a believer does not want to sin at all. Are you getting in there? Because when the new nature comes, you see, the problem is desire. When the new nature comes, the entire desire is wiped away. You don't desire those things that you used to desire. And then the power not to desire is given to you. Praise God. And then the authority that Satan had to be able to say to you, oh, okay, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, you know, wake up. You are amazed those days how you go, you're going to class in the morning. And you see some of your friends, 9 a.m. they're drunk. You know why? You see, that early morning that sleep was sweet for you. Their boss, Satan, wake up. It's 6 a.m. Go and drink stout. And the guy just obeys. He starts going. Now, when such a person becomes born again, you know what? Instead of the enemy waking him up by 6 to go and drink stout, you know what he does? He wakes up to say, I want to talk to you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to feel you. He said, do not be drunk with what? Wine. Rather be what? Filled with. He said, let me fill you up. That's what happened. The whole power is broken. So at the cross, we're redeemed from all of that. And if anybody here is still experiencing any control from the enemy, I want you to take this as an announcement. The same way if you put on the papers today and you heard from tomorrow that fuel will be sold for 95 naira, you will not pay 145 for it. Am I right? Are you sure? 
If you went to a gas station and they say 145, what will you tell them? You're disobeying the other. What will you do? You find another one. That's the same way we must deal with Satan. If anything contrary says, we say, no, this is not the word of God. And you keep searching until you find the station that will do what? That will sell to you at the unannounced official price. The word of God is an authority. They are disobedient authorities. Let nobody deceive you. Because when you put on light in an environment, there are places that have shadows. Okay? So it says to redeem us from every lawlessness. Then the next one does what? The next one says to purify for himself. This is an interesting part of it. And it's a progression. So the first step of the believer is that this whole thing, you see, ideally, the apostle Paul was talking, he says such things shouldn't be mentioned about. The truth is that if you've been born again for a while, maybe two years, three years, when we gather, we shouldn't be talking about sin and adultery and lying and, you know, cheating and all of that. No, it's beneath us. We have gone beyond that. What the next level is, though, God wants to purify for himself what? He wants a relationship. Praise God. He wants a relationship. I bet the dress you're wearing is every day you're cutting and sewing. When you buy it, what do you buy? Five yards or four yards. Then you cut it, isn't it? And they cut and they cut and they sew. After that, they do sew again. What I now do? Uh, so you have been redeemed. What God wants now is what? He wants a relationship. So there's a progression. All of that flowing from the cross. So God let his son to go to the cross and die so that he can have fellowship. He can have fellowship with man. He can have fellowship with you and I. So we can come into that place. So whereas, like we're told, before he had had just one son, but now that son is only the first begotten of the father. He has now had many sons and many daughters. Praise the Lord, somebody. So that's what he wants. So if you and I, every day, God is still doing with us the first step. We're not doing well. We must come to the place where we offer to him sacrifices that are pleasing. Where your life becomes a sweet aroma. Praise God. Where everything you do is just, he's looking at you. If you put for me Isaiah 53, 10 and 11, or just 11. 11 says what? He shall see the labor of his soul and what? And be satisfied. You see, God wants to bring you to the point where when you begin to live your life, he looks from heaven. Jesus will say, thank God I went to the cross. Because your life is bringing to him sweet incense. He's saying, I'm glad I said this was a good deal. This was a, ah, you a, this was a good deal. He'll call the heavens and say, can, can you see that guy? He's a good, can you see how she's a good deal? That's what he's looking for. But you see, that's a step after they deal with lawless deeds. That's why the scripture we read in Colossians says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. But he didn't leave us at the gate of darkness. He says, and conveyed us. When you hear convey, think of conveyor belt. Conveyed us. Some translations say transported us. Some say translated us into the world. The kingdom of his dear son. That's where we are now. Praise God. So some of those other things are past tense. They should not be named amongst us. Somebody saying, thus far no more. Huh? Every time when they want, you see, I should want to talk to you and your wife. And it's not that you fought. It should be strategic plans. Do we want to, to build nuclear plant? Or do you want to do a, you know, I mean, there are so many things to deal with. Not every time we are going backwards. Eh? Who stole my Honda? Who? No, no, no. The, your Honda won't be stolen again. Praise God. Believers are coming. He say, you know, uh, 
I don't know what is happening. I think there is this uncle in my village. Which uncle? That uncle is no longer a problem. He's a patient. Somebody should go and deliver. They are no longer chasing you. You are the one chasing them for salvation. It must change. True, there was a time they chased you. Ah, how many have seen them chasing? If you didn't see them live, you saw them in the dream, Abby. How many have graduated to be chasing in the dream now? Oh, yes. Things happen. Praise God. But as you grow, because it says to now purify for himself a special people. God wants fellowship. And let me tell you, one of the best ways to thank somebody for a gift is to apply it for the purpose to which it was given. If you have a friend or a relation or an uncle, anybody who gives you gifts, let me advise you. Use that gift. Use it well. Because anytime you see somebody using what you gave to him and it's looking good on the person, you know what happened? You want to give more. Let me tell you. You see, human beings without redemption are bad. But when you're redeemed, you're really good. You have the nature of God. You give somebody something and it's looking nice on you. You derive joy. But you give somebody something and the person converts it to Almagiri. When you see you bite your finger. Come again. Praise God. So when heaven looks at us, he wants to see how are we applying this gift. Now, after purifying for himself, his own for himself. This is talking about fellowship. It's not talking about what I can do. It's just talking that I am his son. I'm his daughter. I give him pleasure. How many of us have raised children here? You see, for the greater part of your life, your children, I mean, for our ages now, when you become much older, we change what I'm saying. For, for the greater part of your life, you know what? Your children don't do anything for you. They actually take from you, but they still give you pleasure. There's a place for that in God. God doesn't call us every morning and we do a parade. And you say, one. He say, have you carried out the others? No. When you come in the morning, you're just there worshiping. And then God will also sit down with you. And you people will be fellowshipping. It's when time is going and you're almost late for work. He say, okay, go. And before you know it, as you get to the office, the battles that they were arranging against you, he has scattered them. Without prayer point. Without prayer point. So, so there's a place for you and him. But now he doesn't add that. He said to purify for himself what his own special people what zealous for good works. Very key. So now, if I'm married to Jesus, praise God, he knows I know. Abby, how many of us women here on married would like to get into a secret marriage with that man? No announcement. When you come back to the city, nobody knows. Which one is that you don't? You don't want it at all. Now, 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 God having redeemed us, God having brought us to himself, you know the next thing he wants to do? He wants display. He wants to display us. You know, I, I've read a few Bible trans, uh, commentators that were blaming um, Ahasuerus for, for dethroning Vashti. I, I saw that all those, when you're reading those things, be spirit-led. Though, because some people, not everybody who wrote something 100 years ago was by the spirit. Praise God. It's not everything that is in print is correct. The only one that is correct all the time is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Even your pastor can make a mistake. So let the Holy Spirit guide you. Anyway, this man was writing and he was trying to defend Vashti. I say, how can you defend? Vashti was living in the king's palace. Vashti was wearing the king's clothes. Eating the king's food. The king's queen. The king's everything. And then the king says, come and dance for me. What are you eating my food for if you won't dance for me? What are you living in my house for if you won't dance? What are you wearing my clothes for if you won't dance for me? 
So if you will not dance, bye bye. As uh, praise God, as simple as that. And now you know what you see. And the Bible says, Vashti was beautiful to behold. When this man, listen to me, there's a level of enjoyment eh, that you can't enjoy alone. Praise God. You see, there's a level of where you are when you buy suya. Okay, you hide to eat it. You eat it before you get to the house, eh? <laughs> but when God promotes you. <laughs> Many of us are still there. The Lord will lift you. They will lift you so that when you start eating this year, you will call people on the phone. So, boy, come, this, come and chop this year. You see, it's a level where the joy or the pleasure is not just by what enters into your heart. You're seeing others enjoying what you enjoy. You see, Ahasuerus, thank you, Lord. Yes, God will bring you there. Oh yes, God will bring you there. You see, the kings of old, you, you, are, you are amazed. Even the Ahasuerus we are talking about. The party he threw was not for one day. But you see, there is a level of abundance you will have. It won't be joy for it to be entering into your mouth again. It will be joy that you watch people. And it's just entering there. May the Lord bring us there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's the same thing spiritually. As you grow in God, you want, it says these things that I commit. Say, commit also to who? faithful men who will also teach others if you really you teach and you don't need a mic to teach you go to the mechanic how many of us have given the mechanic you know from genesis to revelation or at the gas station you're buying for i'm amazed when people are waiting for mike to preach no you don't need mike to preach you just need to be full to preach because when you're full it will come out of you even when someone slaps you you'll preach someone slaps you say hallelujah you know, I prayed about this morning. The person will be wondering, are you okay? He said, you're such a blessing. God has used you today. The person is wondering, are you mad? So, it says, a special people, what? Zealous or zealous, better pronounced, for good works. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying, all this thing I did, I want to see three things. I want to see you redeemed from lawless deeds. And then I want to have you as my own. The Bible says we are the bride of Christ. Then he says, I want to show you to the world. He says, you're the salt and the light of the world. When those three things are not being done, let me tell you. You see, singing and dancing are very important. The only problem with human beings is that we can be singing to somebody and not mean it. I wish God would change that for us. That's why the psalmist cried out. He said, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, let them be what? Let them be one. Let them have integrity. So don't trust what you're saying alone. It's very important what you say. But don't just, that that you come here and say, leave Jesus high. It's good that you're singing it. Praise God. But Jesus is being lifted high. It's not only when you sing. When you get out here and you're in your office tomorrow and the circumstance comes in and you know Jesus said, do it A and you're doing B. You're not lifting him high. Praise God. So he says here now, the third part is what? His people zealous for good works. What it means is that you produce something. That there's something men can see. There's something, you see, God knows your heart too. Praise God. God knows my heart. But men don't know my heart. You know what men know? They know my good works. They know my testimony. And this is where, as I try to round up now, this is where we see what happened. Let's go back to Ephesians 1.19 now. We see what the Bible was trying to tell us. Ephesians 1.19. 
I read from where we talked before that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, available to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Now, we looked at 20, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. But let's just leave 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, available to us? What is power for? Power is for production. Praise God. Power is to do work. Hallelujah. Now, if you come to God and you hear the gospel proclaimed, and you don't know power has been given, you know how you behave. You behave like that steward that the master gave his own talent and he said, this thing, I'm going to what? Keep it safe. I will hide it and put it under. I know he's an austere man reaping where he did not sow. Whenever he comes, what will I do? I will go and unearth what he gave me and return to him. But if you know that God gave you power, like some people have said, what will you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Some people are just thinking now, Canada straight, I will just go. Some people are saying, embassy, embassy, U.S. embassy. They can't refuse me. No, 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 no. Praise God. No, that's too base. You see, power is enablement to produce. It comes with salvation. That's what the Bible is telling. The exceeding greatness of his power. Anybody here born again, let me see your hand. Do you know that the power that got you saved empowered you to live a powerful Christian life? Praise God. You see, a victorious Christian life. And I'm going to help us, even though our time is gone, to understand what power is. Listen, the same power that they use for air conditioning in Africa, in our part, in the tropics, to bring cold air. In some places, what do they use the same power to do? To bring hot air. So power does not only have to be in dimension. It's just that power controls the environment. Because what makes us despise this power is that everybody is looking at the power where he can gather people and give them jig, you know jig, bleach, to drink. And when they drink it, they don't die. It's like I have power. <laughs> or where you gather people and bring snakes. You know, all those, are those things really true? Do people actually do those things? You know, that bring snake and, you know, play with snake because they have power. This snake won't bite them. You know? Okay, you don't read some of those things. Very good, you're not reading them. Okay? All kinds of people, you know, introduce some strange things. And they say it's demonstration of power. You call people in a village and say, watch now. You're going to call fire down. Fire to do what? God doesn't behave like that now. God is intentional. Praise God. Anywhere you see any form of demonstration that is not for a purpose that will bring glory to God, then no a magician is operating. Are you with me? No, it says his own special people, what? Zealous for what? Good works. To help, to bring solution. So what is this power? This power is capacity to do something. Capacity to fulfill purpose. Let me tell you, child of God, if you're married here, it doesn't matter how that marriage came about. But if you're born again, there is power to make a success of that marriage and refuse to enter the statistics of this world that they say they can't keep their marriages. 
Pastor Tony was telling us, was it Pastor Tony? Yes. He was telling us about how he came back someday and the wife had had an issue with the house girl. And he knew that they needed the house girl. What did he do? He said he went in. He didn't make a statement. He went into the room and started praying. He said after about one hour, he came back and the wife had called back the house girl. Now, some people, when they come back in such a situation, they'll say, come, Mama Neka, I have told you, if that girl goes, and then the woman say, eh, no wonder you have two of you have been laughing anyhow. From there, wahala. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, but when you have the exceeding greatness of the power that raised Jesus from the dead, it tells you what to do. And if the enemy is involved, it binds the strong man. It breaks his hold. It confuses him. You see, Christianity is not for somewhere. It is for now. The power we have is for every situation. Listen, I tell the young people that are here, you don't know what you have being a Christian and being in school. When the teacher is teaching, the Bible made a promise. It says he will give you more understanding than your teachers. Daniel was there. When he became 10 times better, his teachers were involved. They also did that same exam. He beat them. This is the power that God gives every believer. It's power not just to manifest, but it's also power to take in. It's power to absorb. They insult you. You say, God bless you. Brethren, it takes power. It takes power. And marriage is such a beautiful place to grow your Christianity. If you're married here, you don't know the privilege you have to know surely that you're born again. Either as the man or the woman. It's a great privilege. Because you see, if you're not married, nobody gets that close to you now. Praise God. Nobody can really, you know, touch you there. But when you're married, you see, they tune it. And it's as though the devil tells them, okay, this place, they are responding here. And they, they tune more. You need the power of God to hear in that moment, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. You say you don't understand. They say, and gave his life. It was money your wife took. And you say, why did you take 5,000? This is all I have. And they ask you, is 5,000 your life? <laughs> All of a sudden, you say, I surrender. <laughs> the fight has ended. Though. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, especially when you have your ancestral spirit, you know there are different spirits. Ancestral spirit in marriage. Ah, was it me that it happened to? I, I can't remember. But you see, something that my wife will ask, you know, a wife, let's use a wife because I don't, will ask normally and the husband will do. And then your relations are around. And your wife now comes and says, please, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to see Neka. Please, can you, uh, when the beast, beans is boiled, can you bring it out and put the tomato in the fire? <laughs> it was not a problem before, but your relatives are around. Oh, so that's how... These people will now go back to the village and say that I'm the, I'm the woman in my house. <laughs> Fight begins. It was not a problem. You see, it takes power. Are you understand? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. You see, it says, it says the exceeding greatness of what? His power towards us. Power is for production. It's either producing or absorbing. Is capacity to accomplish something. Let me break it down with a little time. Power includes ability, which is where we know. It includes strength. 
But you know what? Strength is more in resistance than in doing. Many believers don't have strength. That's why they get into office. They can't withstand the trials of office. All the enemy keeps whispering to them is this. You'll be the only poor ex-commissioner. You'll be the only poor ex-governor. You'll be the only poor this. Let me be. And he will have no argument. They say every man has his prize. Tell him your prize. Unless you can crucify Christ. Go and find Christ. That's my own prize. What will compare to it? Praise the Lord somebody. You see, so it goes so much, but quickly, because, you know, power involves skill. How many of us here are artisans here? You do things with your hands and all of that. Power involves skill. Listen to me. Don't accept as a born-again Christian. Hey, that's why I'm so proud of you. You're trying, but you're not manifesting in church. I'll soon stop being proud of you. Power involves skill. Listen, if you're here and you're born again, I want you to expect in every sphere that you're involved to be distinct. Why? The Bible says the exceeding greatness of his power. The power of God is available to you. I want you to look back. Who are the people who ran ahead of you? David was anointed, isn't he? What did he do? With a stone, he brought down a giant. He placed Saul's demons. They said, we can't tolerate this level of music. I was discussing with my daughter. She was telling me about uh, some superhero musicians. And I said, maybe superhero musicians should operate this way. The ones that are good superheroes, when they start playing, war will end. Everybody will be at peace. When the evil ones start playing, war will just scatter everywhere. But you know what? The music we listen to is like that. You know that there's some music that when people hear it, they tend to go violent. Now, the same way, if you are of God, your music should bring peace. It should bring calm. It should bring inspiration. It should soothe nerves. You see... That power is there. Power is not just for one man to be, you know, moving on one leg. No. You're a medical doctor. Power. You're sitting before the operation table like this. And, you know, this is what, you know, medical science says could be the issue. One, two, three. And you're just, you know, Father, I thank you because, you know, all things are naked and open before you. And he just says, go and check one thing there. You go and check it. You find that that's the cause. There's power. Skill is also there. Praise God. So capacity to do something there's aptitude there's competence you see whatever it is you're involved in child of god you are god's own handiwork how do i thank god that's what we're still looking at by manifesting excellence by being the best where i am let me simplify it have people asked you what is your secret have people asked you what keeps you going sir have they asked you ah after the meeting, they call you to decide, uh, Mr. So, oh boy, how do you do it? That is what heaven says. His own special people were zealous, manifesting. Praise the Lord, somebody. Power involves the ability to influence. That's why I have a strong compassion for believers that are influenced by people. As a believer, no, you're the one that should influence. You know why? Your control mechanism is no longer with you. A believer shouldn't be downcast because he saw something on social media. All your friends. Who are all your friends? Who burned them? You're not running the same race with them. Praise God. No, nobody goes to the Olympics and say all the athletes are running 100 meters race. If you go, your own might be short put. When others are not eating, if you're, if you're doing short put, what will you be doing? You're gathering their food, please. If you finish, bring. Because for their own competition, what happens? They need to be light. For your own, you need... So that when you throw, when you throw the thing, you won't go with it. You see, power for influence. 
Let me tell you, every born again child of God, spirit filled. I, I wish our young people were here. You should be an influencer. When everybody's trying to do something, you say, no, this is the way we do it. They say, ah, maybe that's the way everybody turns. I want you to understand what God is expecting of you as we understand. Remember, understand this gift. Power also is able to control. When you were not stabilized as a believer, you made up in your mind, this is what you do. And then you go out and your friends will make you do the opposite. Isn't that what used to happen? Now, let me tell you, when you begin to walk in this power, when your friends want to do the other thing, when they find you, they are not able to do it again. Because the anointing is upon you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Quickly so that we can round up. Power carries authority. Authority. Authority to... What authority simply means permission and refusal. You refuse that this will not happen and you permit this to happen. When you understand what Christ has done, when you understand the exceeding greatness of his power towards you and I, you will know that authority, the Bible tells us that as many as received him, to them he has given what? The power, the authority, the right to become what? Sons of God. Now you're in Nigeria. If you're out, outside of this country, you may not appreciate it. But you know what it means for Buhari's son to you know, go to CBN and say he needs FX? Would they tell him to wait for next two weeks? They will respond to him. Why? Because of who his father is. Let's rise on our feet. You have a father in heaven. He's bestowed much in you. Refuse this day that you will live beneath the grace, the gift that he has given to you. As we are coming into this time, Sunday, one week after the resurrection, I want you to begin to ask, Lord, I want to enter into the fullness of the benefit of your death and resurrection. Lord, I'm asking, a great gift has been given to me. Great sacrifice has been made on my behalf. I cannot be the same person. It is unfair that I will remain to live the same way. I used to trek and somebody blesses me with a car, a nice car, a brand new car. Then I'm still trekking. I will be unfair to him. Child of God, your life, every dimension, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, cannot, should not be the same thing after the gift Jesus has given to you. So I want you to begin to pray, Lord, I take hold. I lay hold of all that you have paid for me. I receive this gift. I devour it. I, I apply it. I take of it. I benefit from it, oh Lord. I receive the full power to operate as a redeemed child of God. You said uh, you are purifying for yourself a special people. Lord, I enter into my place of specialty. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I want you to see that. I, I, want, I want you to take that, you know, into yourself today. Don't live here the same way. The devil might be saying otherwise. Your experience might be saying otherwise. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this is the word of God. You are no longer under. The elements of this world must not have control over you. Listen, 
I want you to see yourself going forward from today. Never to find yourself doing what the devil, what friends, what the enemy, what pressure, social or otherwise is making you. No, as a born again child of God, the Bible says as many as are led of the spirit. It means what you're doing after this service is what the Holy Spirit said you would do. What you would do tomorrow is what the Spirit said. You will not do things under pressure. Oh, what about fear? How can you be afraid? How can you be afraid when he has delivered you from the power of Satan? He has delivered you from the dominion of Satan. You are now conveyed into the kingdom of the Son. The kingdom of love. You can't operate in fear. God loves you. He has demonstrated it. The Son loves you. He has demonstrated it. The Holy Spirit loves you. And he's abiding in you. I cannot live life the way I used to live. I have received a gift. I have an inheritance. I have an endowment. I have been born again. I am born again. I want you to take that in. If there are areas of your life that are not looking so good, I want you this morning to say to the Lord, I appropriate this gift and I apply it in this area. Are you suffering some illness? Then begin to apply it. The scripture makes us understand Jesus saying to them, He said, You will lay hands on the sick. It's not just about the preacher, it's not just about the apostle. You also can lay hands. And if you're sick, then you are the sick. You can lay those hands, whatever situation, whatever circumstance. Is there something in your office, or is it the nature of your work? There are battles that are being fought. Let me announce to you the one who has saved you, one of his titles is the man of war. Your Jehovah knows how to fight. In fact, when God rises to fight on your behalf, you'll be the one begging him to slow down. This morning, I want you to appropriate everything. I want you to tell him. And on the other side, is there somebody here that is being overcome with temptations? No, don't, don't, don't disappoint God. One of the things you must understand is that the boxer, before the 10 minutes he spends on the ring, what he does is he takes time to build resilience. That same power gives you resilience. You're able to endure. You're able to take in. You're able to absorb without being shaken. So the Bible says, let us stand immovable and unshakable. Receive from the Lord the power to make it through this season. Receive from the Lord the wisdom to navigate through this difficult situation. Yes, he does make a way where there is no way. He is your God. He is our God. There is no situation, none that the child of God finds himself in and heaven is at a loss. No. You're well prepared, well loaded, everything well packed for you to come out thumbs. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Begin to thank him. Begin to tell the Lord, I will offer my life a living sacrifice. That's what we're told. I will offer my life a living sacrifice. My days will praise you. My uprising will praise you. When I appear, I will be a praise. What I say will be a praise. Everything about me will be a praise. For you deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. Let's thank him. Let's thank him and offer it to him. That is what is reasonable. This is what he has done. And in response, the Bible says, if you can put uh, uh, Romans 12 for me, 1 and 2, a uh, message. Take, say, take your everyday life, your everyday life. It says your ordinary life, even my sleeping, even the dreams I have, I will not allow anything to. My eating, he said my going to work, my walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It says, allowing God walk through me. 
expressing experiencing what God has for me Lord I'm thanking you for, from today my life is offered to you thank you my father in Jesus Christ's name we pray amen father we thank you Lord, Lord I want to thank you because you have endowed us with gift so indescribable gift so immeasurable gift so undeserved that your word says that we who were not a people have now been made the people of God what an honor what an honor that while we are on earth you look from heaven and you acknowledge me you acknowledge my brothers you acknowledge my sister you say these are mine no longer your creation only but you're very redeemed your own special people father we say thank you lord we thank you you've been listening to a message by pastor ikena keke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex Guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804 you can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.